medicine properly. Africans, the best way we can kind of use our narrative for our own benefit is people need to find value in it. And I mean, practical value, not like artistic creative value. I mean, like it needs to feed your family, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, I was recently watching a interview with John Kanye, I think. And he was like, I do my Marvel movies because they pay my bills. And then the rest of the time I can sit and be creative. You know what I'm saying? Jeez, so it's like a very, very profound statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously, hopefully, yo, uh, I, I'm not quoting him. <laughs> but that's kind of what he was getting at. Okay. And the, okay. Thing, is, the thing is, like, like, you know, kind of referencing the podcast, if you watch uh, the Legends episode of the podcast, it's a very chilling episode to watch. Okay. Because you've got people who've been doing uh, South African, uh, being a part of South Africa's acting community for 30 to 40 years. And what their sentiment is, is that the work environment is too toxic and we, we're, not, we're not okay because of that. That's essentially what the episode is in two sentences. Yeah. You know? Um, and you sit there and you're like, how, how do people whose content raised us not have um, flowers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not be able to, to be okay to eat of, of the entertainment industry. And, and there's something that we must all agree is off. Now, I'm not here to point fingers, but I do want to say that as a group, all of us are to blame somehow because we're all participants. All of us carry this blame that something is wrong. And this thing that's wrong, and, and, and I want you to understand something. It's not just me who's a crew member or a freelancer or someone who works at a production company or someone who works at a channel or someone who's an executive producer or everyone, everyone in the system is tired and overworked and doesn't know up from down. And then you've got new people who come in who are sort of like bright eyed and all the ideas in the world and, and they think that it won't happen to them. And we're basing this entire system, we're basing our success over looking at a few outliers, you know? I mean, statistically, we're all damned because there's so few people who, who win in this game in a practical way. And I think the practical way is to say there are very few people who are able to make a real living off of this industry in the way in which it's currently designed. Okay. And if you don't believe me, go watch that episode and listen to what our legends, the people who've gone in front of us, I say do the people who think, are protesting. Do, yeah, do you think this is a do you think this is a generational curse? Do you think this will prolong as time progresses? I, th- I think I think like anything, if the system stays in place, it'll continue. There's no issue of it being cursed or anything like that. It's not okay, but, that deep. I, but, what I'm saying is, yeah. we are all sitting here and we all have a problem, and we're all acknowledging a problem is there, and then all of us go home. Okay, what but, do you think is going to happen to our kids? You see, I'm just trying to pick your brain here because you speak about a mm. system, and I mean, I, I'm and I totally agree with you, but I just think with whoever's listening to you just needs more clarity as to how does one what is the system? Yeah, what system are you referring to exactly? Okay, so so I'll give you something very practical, very clean, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in the work that I do, what is the marker for? low-level, mid-level, and high-level. 
in anything that you do. And I'll use something that we can all kind of relate with, and that's actors, right? Everyone has some level experienced an actor. Mm-hmm. What's an actor who is early in their career, in the middle of their career, and later on in their career? What is the way in which we differentiate them in terms of one remuneration, in terms of how to break that barrier? Because just because you've been doing something for a specific amount of time doesn't necessarily mean you've gained the tools for it. Because, for example, there are people who've been acting longer than Tucson Beto in South Africa, but they don't necessarily have the type of skill that she might have that puts her in the position that she's in. But on the converse, there are people who have been in this space much longer than uh, Tucson Beto who might be doing better in terms of their skill, but are not recognized in the way that they can be. And if you don't believe me, have a look at the past couple of years of people who've won Lifetime Achievements Awards in any of the award shows. It doesn't even have to be like um, a SAFTAs or whatever. Even like if you look at people who win these Lifetime Achievements Awards, a lot of the time what ends up happening is it's like they remind us that those people are still there. Mm. Oh my gosh, that man was like, in the year that I won a SAFTA, I think it was the guy, Wa Velapi. Jeez. Who, who won a Lifetime Achievements Award, something like that. I remember like, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know? And I'm like, this dude's still acting, you know? It shouldn't and be I'm that like, way. It shouldn't be that if way. If it was in a different territory, I would have known him because that's the point of a Lifetime Achievements Award. When you get, when it was supposed to be like, yeah, yeah no, it's not time. Karabo's uh, been doing this. We appreciate him. It's clear. We can see mm. a list. But it's like after a specific amount of time, and, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the, the high turnover of production companies. Maybe, I don't know what it is. I, I, like, think, I think it's just a, an inherited, not an inherited, but it's like, it's a, it's sometimes it's just an entrenched idea that, listen, we won't, we won't give praise or well, consistent praise to somebody else. Rather, we'll give, we'll build a 22 million rand flag and hope the well, world. Yeah. Do you, I don't understand where you, if you understand where I'm going with this. And I remember Robert Marawa saying something so, so profound. He's like, um, and I think it's a, I don't know, but I'm going to boil it down to us only because if you think about like in the States where they give you your flowers, but they, every now and then they'll continuously remind you about what something like Ice Cube or as far as like Sidney Poitier and everybody's rest in peace has done. In South Africa, it's a different story. Um, and maybe, I don't know if that's the system you're referring to, but there's this, um, there's this idea that we give people their flowers only when we remember them. Né? And initially, yeah. also what's very, what's very interesting, what you spoke about was gatekeeping. Now, there's, there's no doubt that Tuso is an incredible actress. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Ho- however, however, I think I could also go as far as saying whoever she's working with, whoever her team is, um, has given her the upper hand. It's like with comedy. Trevor Noah wasn't a, com- wasn't a comedian for that long, but he's surpassed so many people in terms of success, in terms of making money, in terms of revenue. So also, I think it's about marketing yourself and also the team you're working with and also how they position you differently. I mean, you may, you may yeah. look at it in a different light, but that's how I see it. You know what? I think that we're both saying the same thing okay. because for what you're referring to is, is um, what happens when they structure. Yeah. We don't have structure everywhere, mm. you know? Um, a kid who comes out of after with a degree in directing yeah. wants to direct immediately. And there's nothing wrong with that because we need that kind of energy because we don't know if you're one of the lucky few, few who hits a home run 
over and over fresh out the gate. We need you. We do need the Messi's to come out of nowhere. We do, even yeah. though Messi didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. But um, the point I'm trying to make is <laughs> we need that energy. But there also needs to be a collective agreeing between all of us. And I think the structure brings that. A structure, whether it's, uh, you know, the buzzword now, which is unionizing or whatever else it can be. But there needs to be some sort of thing that says to us, okay, Rati has been, um, he has done this many shows and he's done this. And therefore, when we talk to him, before we even say anything, we must agree that he is at this level. Whereas because of the volatility and the amount of competition that exists in this space, people are are looking for jobs um, because you understand our climate. And therefore, more people often than not are willing to do uh, more work for less pay. And that kind of gives us a problem when trying to build the foundation of a structure. And now I don't want to sit and and have like a little pity party and discuss how um, flag makers who want to make 22 million rand flags aren't supporting us. That's got nothing to do with that. I'm just saying the conversation I'm having here is to say that, look, ultimately we need to just agree with ourselves that it's a structural problem. And if we don't start addressing that problem, we're essentially making the same bed for the next generation to lie in. And then everyone's going to think that they're Trevor Noah. Because even in America, you don't have to be a Trevor Noah. There is a guy who sits in an office, who goes to work every day, who is a content maker at Reebok or he is a content maker at, at Warner. You will never know that guy. But that guy was an instrument in making sure that your most amazing movie comes out. Just like most people never know that I was writing this podcast that we kind of met through. Mm-hmm. But that person experiences it in a way that it's meaningful to them. And that's what I'm talking about, is that those spaces where you're behind the scenes also need to have a level of structure and a success kind of structure that allows you to be hugely successful. Because you know what? Not all of us want to be actors. Not all of us care to be in front of the camera. Not all of us want to be the outliers that you know about. I am happy to be someone who makes content, right? And then I'll shuffle along to an award ceremony or to have an article or two. That's nice, you know, because recognition from the industry is nice and we all deserve. But at the end of the day, the acting is not for me. If you ever see me acting, I will know that is because I wanted to play. I'm not necessarily saying I won't take it seriously, but I'm saying my thing is right now where I'm at in life is I recognize that I'm really good at directing, really good at writing, really good at editing. And stories are my thing. And I feel like there's so many people like me and all we need is some sort of kind of like steps to say after this much, this is where I deserve. Now what happens is I walk into a room and if my sales is not good, if my pitching is not good, if my ability to sell my skill is not good, I will drown. And that's just it. And if I don't know the right people, like you're talking about gatekeeping and teams and what, 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 most people can't even, don't even know where to look for work in this industry. You know, do you, and there's do lots you, of them coming out. Yeah, do, go ahead. do you get the sense that um, the reason why people don't know where to start um, and I mean, I'll just think from like a general perspective, like in terms of like job seekers, it's one of those things where one, obviously there's nepotism, one thing we can't deny, but two, okay. um, but two, it's if I let Karabo, he's a podcaster. So if I let Karabo into a radio space and he can do a great job, but if I let him in my space, 
then and and you know there's gonna be a lot of shifts and turns ultimately it's gonna mess up my income whoever's whoever's dictating it or whoever's you know i'm trying to say because there's a lot of networking behind the picture so do you think that's also the case that if somebody goes into a certain space um ultimately this person will be like ah this is is gonna this is gonna break my bread this is gonna kill it this is one of those things where i can't live with it because if I put this guy in my space, I'd rather work with the same people I know. I hate to say it, but it's like, kind of like an SABC type of thing. You know, revolver around the same yeah. type of names for years and years and years. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Uh, I can only speak for myself on this one. I genuinely, genuinely believe people are too, too self-centered in general, not even in a negative way. People are too busy with their own things for them to be actively malicious against anyone else. Yeah. You, it takes so much energy. For you to wake up each day and say, I'm going to make Karabo's life terrible. It's right? No, I'm not saying people like that don't exist. <laughs> I don't say, I'm not saying they don't exist. Yeah. I'm saying that more often than not, look, I think that, that, that the conversations that are happening are important, right? Because like you're saying, you're asking a question, is this one of the reasons? And we can debate it and figure out if it is or not, you know? But also we must move on to other reasons as well and debate those and decide what the problem is. And I think perhaps maybe people like you and me, our, our kind of generation has moved on a bit. We're maybe on the train and we might've moved in a bit too far. We, for me, how I see it now is we need to kind of inform the next group to let them know, yo, guys, unless you guys want to do what's happening now, figure out some ways, be upset, be angry, force the issue, be revolutionists, whatever it is that you want to be. And also teach us. I mean, when I was in university and this is just like, two years before fees must fall was when I left. I would have never imagined protesting in the street over fees. It never made sense to me. It wouldn't. I wouldn't understand how to even start that thing. But yeah. by the time I was working, I was looking at it on television. It was happening. And that's like less than two years. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it's not that, that, that we don't know the problem. Sometimes we can also accept that maybe um, there are other people who can also throw in their two cents. As long as we are talking about it, someone in the room might get an idea. And maybe that person might be me. I'm not taking it away. But I'm just saying that let's at least start talking about this, you know, so that at least something can get done. And I, and I, and I, and I want to make it very explicit to say, to start from the mental of saying someone is keeping me out is a very problematic stance because it doesn't look at yourself as well as a contributing factor. It's always someone else. And also, we must also discuss with ourselves and agree that at some level, we're participants. Whether or not we are participants to something that is going to be helping us or not, we are still participants because we could have all sat down. We could have all sat down and not come to work, but we did. Or if you're the person who's not getting the treatment that's terrible and watching the other get the treatment, you can say something about it. So at some level, we're all participants. I'm just saying that let's at least start. The first thing I can think of is let's inform those who are coming into the space to say, guys, it looks rosy, but understand every single person you see on the credits is basically there to design this place to look as wonderful as it is. But truly speaking, if you look behind the curtain, everyone is tired, everyone is anxious, everyone doesn't quite know what to do next. And yes, it's a fun space. Yes, it can be completely fulfilling, but understand that there's yin to the yang. And if you want to succeed in this space, make sure that you're one of the people who helps us to also figure out how to correct where we're also missing the mark because we're not perfect. 
neither are you, but we can work together to figure something out. I like that. I think that's my that's so so insightful. That is very, very insightful. Look, I can't say I can't say I don't even know what to say anymore. I think you've just wrapped up everything. Um, thank you so much. I think I'm always gonna yeah. talk to you. I'm always gonna talk to you more after this, but thank you so much. I'm yeah, wrap this um, up. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to make a closing statement. You know, like I think you've you've afforded me an opportunity to to also reflect on myself. I've I've come full circle, man. You found me at a very strange time okay. in my life and career where um, I've I've I'm slowly losing any form of of I don't want to call it imposter syndrome, but this feeling that I'm not good at what I do. Um, it's starting to disappear, and it's not because um of any form of uh, I don't know I could call it arrogance if you want I really don't care but the thing is I, I'm starting to realize that there's too much time that people waste trying to figure out if they're good or not rather spend that energy doing the thing because that's something I've also struggled with is doing the thing anyone who's worked with me will tell you there's a day there's a time where Rati said it'll come at five and it came two days later it's a fact I'm happy yeah. to admit it but for me it's like I just want to take a moment to reflect on all the things that I've done and to be grateful for one, my contribution to South Africa's hip hop industry. I mean, I, I for many years have written about hip hop um, and I've seen it change. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be one of the few people who was actually at Fill Up The Dome and see the run up to it. You know, when that was happening, I was inside it as a researcher. You know, I was definitely there on the pulse. You know, it's so yeah. hard to be on the pulse of the entertainment industry, but I was there. And that was one of the great things to see happen was watching house music be so prominent and then like kind of in the space of a year, you know, obviously much more happened than that. But in that that hot space, everything changed and watching the beefs and getting to write for a show like Turn Up was really cool. Yeah. All the V Entertainment years. And then I got to also do uh, content for um, The Hustle, which was such a fun process because I was like a fish out of water at that point and I, Such I, I an was amazing really working. Such yeah, I was amazing. really working so hard on that. Oh, man, that you show. Know? So yeah, and then you know, after that, because of that, I got to win a SAFTA. Yeah. I mean, that for me is is a fascinating um um thing because you know, we were a bunch of kids who were just trying to make a movie about an album. That's all we were trying to do. We weren't trying to change the world, we weren't trying to there was music. There was film. Some of us were skilled in music. Some of us skilled in television. <clears throat> and that for me was the very first thing I ever got to direct. And I took a chance on myself. Literally, we were sitting in a room and like, so guys, who's going to direct this movie? And a little thing inside me nudged and just like kind of jolted me up. And I ended up kind of running the, the thing from that point of view. And yes, there were things that happened that aren't good. And there are things that happened that were good. But yeah. the ultimate result is that forever and ever, amen, you know, that kind of is the first film from our hip hop industry that got that. And I think that means something because there was a time where hip hop meant nothing. Today, the 2000s have the privilege of both sides. They've got the Yanos and the hip hop that they can kind of work with, you know, as calling their own. You can go to a party and they'll play both. Yeah. When I was growing up, it was either or, you know, and, and unfortunately the hip hop ones weren't the cool ones. So to come all the way to the end and be able to watch the work do something like that and even move forward, Something I'm also very proud of is um, Freestyle Friday, yeah. um, which just looks so beautiful, man. And I think Jeez. what's ended up happening is uh, we've managed to... I, I think is, I've moved is, on is, from report. Isn't it on the second season Sorry. now? 
Third season, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no. finished the second season. I just saw, yeah, but... I saw the Coolie one. So that's what I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually edited that episode. Can you imagine? Serious? <laughs> oh, you see, that's why, yeah. that's why I think after this, I'm obviously going to bug you on the WhatsApp. But no, no, yeah, bro. Like, like, honestly, like when I look at that show, I, it reminds me of Studio Mix. I sit yeah. there and I'm like, like, I get studio mixes that build different in terms of the format, but I honestly, in my heart, I believe that there's a kid out there somewhere who's watching that show and feels like they can do something in that space. You know? and, and I love that, whether it's being an editor, whether it's being on camera as the interviewer, whether it's being the rapper. I mean, dude, we were, we were seeing 100, on camera, there are 100 rappers at least every season. Every season, 100 rappers. And so I feel like we've moved on from reporting um, on on uh, culture and pop culture and kind of like gently moving on to documenting it. And that for me is the real thing that makes me proud because one day I was just a dude who sat behind a, a camera and like, oh, is the shot right? Okay, yo, can I please ask you? Yo, please ask Sonia Mbele, can I please get a get an interview? And it, I'm still that dude. You know, you still have to kind of like ask nicely and courteously and, mm. and work to people in that way. But to come all this way and be able to say, okay, cool. At the end of the day, when I walk onto a set, there's a, such a lovely respect for the thing that I'm doing because I recognize that one day, you know, it's going to be tapes somewhere. Someone's going to be dusting dust off these tapes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> We're all God, you know? And hopefully, hopefully one of those pieces of content can be something that, you know, kind of, it doesn't even have to be necessarily mine. But yeah. something that in the group, in the era, in the time that I was in, that can be up there, you know, as part of the tapestry of what South African culture is. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what you say, Karabo. Myself, some of the people that I know are active members who've contributed to the tapestry of pop culture in the new South Africa. Yeah. And that for me means something. I think I think you hit the nail. And you know what? A lot of people use the term giving your flowers loosely. I also get the sense that you're just getting started. You've you've just done you've done so much in such a short space of time. Um, Thank you. But man. I also feel that, um, and I'm happy you've mentioned all that because not many people will go out and say, "Listen, I've gone. I'm going through this type this time of my life," and you know it's it's a tricky time for many people. It's a low, it's a um, it's a very blurry time. I'll tell you one thing. I think you've done incredibly well. Second, you're a human being, but you're just a machine on top of that. You're extremely passionate what you're doing. Um, I think I'm really happy that I've documented this because uh, I'm obviously going to want to have you again one, one way or another. But listen, yeah. I think what you've done is incredible. What you've done for pop culture, what you're doing for pop culture is incredible. And I think I love the fact that you envision in such a different way. And I can't say I can't thank you. I could, I mean, look, I could say thank you forever, but thank you so much, and thank you for what you're doing. Um, you inspire me from afar, and thank you so much. Well, bro, um, thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate uh, the love that has been shared in this conversation. I hope that whoever who listens to it can also experience some of it as well, and that they're also blessed and better for it. Appreciate right. you, man. Rati, thank you so much. It's lunchtime. Let me let me go get something. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, bro.